life's a beach and then you die. So why don't you just enjoy the moment and hang out with America's breeziest podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and you know what? I'm about to die from lack of attention. I'm Ben Sheets, but you can call me by my rap name, Midsize Sedan. <laughs> and that was my backup. So, uh... <laughs> Cleveland's too old to keep up with, yeah. with us young bucks over here. Hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and uh, what, what did you say? What, what's going... Where am I? It's okay. Are you Gra- trying to steal my things? It's okay, Grandpa. Let's get you back to the nursing home. Hold on, let me stab you first. <sighs> oh man. Well, this is off to a great start. Uh, well befitting, unlike uh, the movie. Yeah, well befitting the movie we're going to be talking about. You know, it's that time of year again when our old buddy M Knight rolls around and delivers us another work of confused masterpiece. <laughs> I can't even Stop. say that with a straight face. <laughs> Nor should you. Uh, well, his his most recent, um, I hesitate to call it a film, but uh, for lack of a better word, we'll say that's what it is. Movie. Movie. Tour de force. Tour de force, yeah. <laughs> Magnum opus. Man, more like tour de farts. Oh, that's a good one. Um, <laughs> M. Night's latest tour to fart is the most memed film of the summer already. Hell yeah. Uh, and we're, of course, talking about Old. That's it. That's the name. Is the is about a beach that makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? That's all there is. Obviously, I'll just go ahead and say it right now. From this point forward, spoilers. Uh, if you care, if you care, at I this recommend. Point. And, and honestly, I recommend you don't care for once. Normally, I'm the one who who's really keen on the spoilers. I could give a fuck. I will say, like the spoilers in this. Unlike most M Night movies, I feel like for the majority of the movie, there really isn't a spoiler. Yeah. And then you get to the very end, and there's a very, very jarring (laughs) spoiler that kind of recontextualizes the movie in a terrible way. But, like, the rest of it, it's in the name. Yeah, like, this is an interesting interesting case in terms of M. Night. While I would say this movie fits in really well with his filmography of the last... 10 to 15 years. Uh, It does not feel out of place in that regard. It also doesn't really have a twist. It's just confusing and stupid. It it does does have a twist, but it's so fucking obvious. Yeah, like, no, 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 like, Tease will confirm. Within, like, the first, what, five minutes of the movie, I leaned over and was like, it's an Umbrella Corps situation. Well, I mean, they telegraph it yeah, so, it's so early obvious. on. Like, I mean, it's, it's not even, yeah. It, yeah, it, so, it, so it's like, I, I don't even, I wouldn't even say that by the time we get to that point at the end that it's really a twist. It's just like an added bit of convolution that they've thrown into an already incredibly messy movie. I think that this is maybe the stupidest film M. Night Shyamalan has ever made. Glass and, is really, really stupid. Yeah, and and I mean, I haven't seen After Earth or The Last Airbender Ugh, or, the, or The Visit. I think those are the only movies of his that I have not seen. And 
he has some fucking stupid movies in in his catalog, but I think this for me I think this might be the dumbest. It is happening levels of stupidity, but less fun than the happening is how I felt about it. I don't what what about you Ben? I actually think this is kind of middle of the road for Shyamalan. Oh, really? I think this is definitely a step up from Glass. I definitely think the dialogue is terrible and happening levels at times, but it's not quite as funny. What's interesting about this movie is I think on a high level, conceptually, it's a really cool idea, right? Like, it's a really cool sort of existential horror and dread where, like, I think if it was in the hands of a much better director, like, it could be a really good movie. Like, could you imagine Ari Aster doing, like, a concept like this? Yes. Well, see... Um, it would turn out great. See, that's the thing, and I'm glad you bring that up, because I agree with you, but we ca- I can't even say that that's to M. Night's credit, because I don't know if you noticed this, Ben, but... Uh, we saw in the credits, and I didn't realize this, that the film is based on, like, a French graphic novel called, like, Sandcastle yeah. or something, which I know nothing about. Sandcastle is also a much better name. But apparently M. Night made heavy changes. Like, like think about the name Sandcastle real quick. It implies, like, Sandcastles on the beach, which are washed away quickly. Like, yeah, and also, fleeting. also, um, I don't know a whole lot about the graphic novel, but I did a tiny bit of research, and the graphic novel lays much more heavily on the concept of just accepting it. There's only about one scene in the film where that's implied, but in the graphic novel, that's the whole point, is these people, like, really just learn to accept the, the aging. In that way, like, you're, it's much easier to approach as a metaphor for life. Sure. And um, the the title makes even more sense, right? It's it's taking that that that's those small moments, and uh, you know, just to make a sandcastle and for it to be washed away. And there there's a lot of beauty in that. And uh, boy, how did this film entirely miss that? Like, and instead, that in this movie, there's just one part where they're like, "Hey, should we keep trying to get out of here? Yeah, but do you want to make a sandcastle first? Yeah, and then they do it. <laughs> like that's the only." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I did I did a little bit of research on the graphic novel and there's some key differences especially in the end of the graphic novel that kind of recontextualize it and make it much more bleak to the point where I think it would have worked much better in the hands of someone like Ari Aster sure. or someone who's not afraid to have a downer ending. Man, something uh, like I that. I think with Shyamalan, he has such a Spielbergian tendency to have a heroic, happy ending to his movies to the point where, like, even if the movie shouldn't have one, he'll try to shoehorn one in. And I think that's kind of the fatal flaw of this movie. Not to jump to the end yet, but, like, I think this movie avoids being bleak where it should be and it certainly does get bleak at times there are some solid sequences of dread and body horror even but it's not as much of a downer as i would hope and it doesn't it doesn't help it doesn't help that the acting is so wooden because it's badly directed and they're reading really badly written lines so the the moments that are spo- that I think are supposed to be like more reflective and are supposed to get, have that kind of like bleak existential tone are totally undercut by the fact that I hate 
everyone in this movie. And I want all I was wanting the entire movie is for the beach to make them old faster so they can go ahead and die. You know what I mean? Like it I I think I think this is in term I don't think M Night has ever been particularly good at writing dialogue, but I think that this movie has some of the worst written dialogue of any film Dude, it he's is ever made. It fisted. Like like when they're on the bus like get, going to the island and the mom is is like you're going to sound amazing when you're older like fuck you yeah the, like, the daughter's like, just like singing we know what movie we're watching well and the, and like one of the kids is like looking at their phone or something and she's like hey you should look out the window and enjoy the moment because the moment is all we have because we we should just take to take time to enjoy what we have right now and not worry about other things and so this is like five minutes into the movie it's like we get it it's called old. It's yeah. about a beach that makes you old. Yeah. Like we had to buy tickets to see it. I think my it. favorite like, part of the scripting. Know, we know what we're watching. My, my favorite part of the scripting was M. Night fumbling his way to try to write for a six-year-old. Yes. Oh, my dude. God. Like, yes. Yes. Dude, the man has children. Uh, like, like you would think. <laughs> You would think we would understand, like, what children, like, relate to in some capacity. But it's like, kids don't fucking know, like, like think about prom. You know? Kids don't think about, like, like these, these things. Yeah, that's... They don't know what mortgages are? No! What are you talking Yeah, what the fuck is <laughs> that That kid shit? is six years old. Yeah. Like, he cannot help but, like, write characters from his perspective. Like... None of the dialogue like sounds like it's coming from anyone other than M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, every character has his voice. Yeah, and like that—that's been a problem that he's had with a lot of his movies. Like some of my favorite moments from The Happening are Mark Wahlberg trying to earnestly deliver uh, badly written lines. The, the thing is, like this movie doesn't even have anybody as like over the top and goofy as Mark Wahlberg. And like while I agree Glass was stupid, I don't even I. I I think this is worse than Glass because at least Glass had a, a small handful of like good actors. It's not like they were working with good writing, but like James McAvoy was trying his best. Like bless him, he's doing a lot with what he has. I would say the same of Sam Jackson and Anya Taylor Joy. Bruce Willis has never been a good actor, so it's whatever. But this is just like these actors are just fucking terrible. I think Alex Wolf is like the is like the best actor in this movie. But he does. Man, he just can't avoid the the, the terrible families. Yeah, huh? dude. He just he just he's just playing his. He's just doing the same thing that he did in Hereditary, but with but written worse. Yep. You know, and you know he like he's trying. He's doing his best, but. <sighs> no, I, you know I'm with Ben though. Like I Hereditary, I left that one, and I I, I saw red. Like I was so mad leaving Glass. that one. Glass. Thank you. Jeez, wow. no. Hereditary is great. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can leave that in. But um, uh, no. Yeah. When I walked out of Glass, I was furious. Um, and I think it was largely because it was based on his other films as well. Like, so there was, there was those compounded yeah. problems. Um, two, of his out, better, like, two of his better films. You right. Know? And then to like slab over it with laziness was like really unfortunate. Whereas like this film, at least like that, it doesn't have that connection to the source material. And I guess this one does have a source material connection, but I'm not familiar with it as much. So. You know, I, I wasn't attached, um, but I, I can take it or leave it. But um, I, I personally uh, 
personally, I, I think I'm with Ben. Like this one, I was I was able to laugh at it a little bit more easily, like and not just be like rage induced by like the horrible writing. Though I have decided that M Night Shyamalan is my new nemesis, like 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 a car- <laughs> like a cartoon villain. Like I'm like snidely whiplash over here, like concocting my plan to like he's your he's your to Moby stop Dick. him. Yeah, like he needs to. St- I need to stop him from making movies, and I don't know how yet. But I'm like working on some like it's gonna my plan's gonna involve at least one giant laser. I haven't decided how yet, but the man must be stopped. Just uh, find. I just where it... think he should be allowed to write his own movie. No, dude, he absolutely should not. But that's the thing is, like, he's written his own movies for for what forever. Yeah. Does he have any yeah. movies that he hasn't written the script for? I don't know if so, he like, wrote the script for Avatar. I don't think he's going to stop now. And Avatar has a lot of the sequences that are in the cartoons. It's just like really poorly cobbled together and whitewashed. I think M. Night has a pretty solid sense of style a lot of times. He has a good tendency in this movie. And I think it's a tendency that works really well in the context of this film to shoot behind people behind people's heads so you don't get a good grasp of looking at them in full actually no i agree looking at something else through their view almost but over the shoulder and i think that adds a lot of tension to this film i like how things are pushed to the very edge of the frame a lot of times it did have some Um, interesting framing yeah i i agree i was actually um i was a little tense during the sequence where uh the dementia doctor was like knifing the um the blind guy that sequence was like pretty well like edited and shot you're really afraid for him especially because like they have like the regenerative healing so you know that that goes on for a good while i did like that moment like in the movie i I will give this film that and i think it's my one piece of praise yeah that that well that that's at the same time where um like the blonde supermodel mom uh, <laughs> uh, succumbs to her calcium deficiency. Are we, dude, are we supposed to be scared then? Because that scene is hilarious. Well, it's it's not it's the, not scary. The spaghetti woman. It's yeah. not it scary. Suspiria. It did. You know, it did. I, I I was gonna say the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but less but less horrifying. But like yeah, like the, Suspiria, but done poorly. Like it's it's handled badly. But there is something about like the way that like she's just like contorting into a pretzel and like just like all of her limbs are breaking for no reason well, except that she mentions at the I beginning that she found has... that pretty scary see I, that, that's lie. what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like there is something there's something grotesque about it and that's happening simultaneously with the uh the schizophrenic doctor uh like trying to slash the dad who is going blind like those two things are happening concurrently and that's that like 5 minutes is like maybe the most tense the movie ever gets. And yeah. I actually think that for most of the rest of it, it's pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is my, say, my problem with this. Cause like the happening is stupid, there, but it's fun. There's a few other moments that I think are really effective. For example, the mother has a tumor coming in to the beach mm-hmm. and the tumor is growing quickly, you know, obviously because time moves very quickly on this beach so they decide they have to cut it out of her and they try cutting her and it heals immediately because, you know, you're on a beach where time moves really fast. Things are going to heal really quickly. So they decide they need to hold the wound open while they get it out of her. And there is a moment where I think M. Knight's 
instincts work well, even though the dialogue might not work completely well. But he almost tries to do something that was done in in the earth in a way where he tries to prolong the tension of the scene by adding a sort of non sequitur in the middle. You know, the doctor is about to cut into her and then he stops and says, wasn't there a movie where uh, Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson were in? Yeah, if it wasn't it so together? heavy-handed, like, I would have found that effective. Because, like, I do agree. Like, I was laughing at the, the concept, I think, like, during that scene where I was like, oh, that's a, that's a fun idea, like, in the middle of, like, the tension to, like, have the person going to get lost. But, like, it's it's done so ham-fistedly. Like, it's so direct. Like, the camera, like, punches in on his face and um, we're all like all the the characters kind of respond to it loudly. Like it doesn't that it doesn't like carry the same weight as like the toe yeah, cutting I, scene I think in the, the earth. Instinct of putting that there to kind of break the tension and in a way prolong it works well. Yes. I think the dialogue itself kind of cuts. Yes. The scene. Is, yeah, it's goofy. Absolutely. I also yeah, I, was, I was laughing during that scene. I I also felt like the. And this is a problem that I had with with a lot of the the bits in this movie is that like the the tumor scene it happened and then it was over. Like there was there was virtually nothing leading up to it and then it had no impact on the rest of the movie. And it's not the <laughs> only time that happens, right? You know, and and also like it's just it's so quick. Like they cut her open and they reach in and just lift out the tumor. Like, they don't have to cut it out. It's not, like, connected to any, like, muscle or fat. It's just, like, a big, fat, free-floating tumor that looks like a cantaloupe. They just reach in and pull it out. And then it's and then they, they let go of the cut. It, it heals back together instantly. That's it. That It has no impact on the rest of the movie. It's the same deal as when the, the girl uh, gets pregnant. Let's go ahead and talk about okay, that. Okay, okay, before okay, okay, yeah, but let's not just side side on that one like that that one first off, it's that that sequence is in the trailer and I and I said this before I even saw the film and sure enough it was just like it in the movie as well. Vile. Fucking disgusting. Put whatever you want in your movie, sure, but that was purely for shock value. Ugh. Like, well, that's like, the thing. Here's, like, here's, like, here's what it reminds me of, right? Writing-wise, like the closest comparative I can think of is like a fucking like Sonic High School OC. It's gross and childish and stupid. I, I fucking abhor that whole sequence. I mean, the, it's like, it's a horror movie. So, like, if the movie was actually good, like, I could see using that premise for fucking horror, you know? But it's it doesn't... It doesn't have, once again, any impact on the rest of the movie. The concept is that, like, of the two families, there's a little boy who grows up into Alex Wolf, and then there's the daughter from the other family, and they're both six years old, and they age, and they become teenagers, and while nobody's watching, they fuck, and and the girl gets again, pregnant. Again, a five- and six-year-old. Yeah, uh, you know, who are in the bodies of, of teenagers and their hormones or whatever. It, whatever. But so she gets pregnant and the baby is like growing really fast. And they so they have to, you know, she has to give birth. And then when it does, like when she does, it's not 
even on screen. It happens fucking off screen. There, you hear the baby crying. Then all of a sudden it stops. They're like, oh my God, what happened? The baby died. It died from lack of attention. And then that's it. That's it. That's the, like, there, it has no impact on the rest of the movie well, whatsoever. It's well, never. We do get that really funny shot of Alex Wolf taking the, uh, the baby away from the girl later. And kind of pours it out, and it's just like it's dust just bones, yeah, it's just dust. Yeah, I mean, I guess they do have that callback, but it's like, what? What is the fucking? It's the same thing with the tumor thing. Like, what is the point of any of it other than to show that like time moves fast on the beach? What they figure out, yeah. whatever, is that something about the beach makes their living cells age quickly, and that thirty minutes is equivalent to a year. Then there's just some things that play with that, but have no consequence for the fucking movie at all. And goddamn it, the line, "the baby died Die. from lack of attention," it's just, so fucking stupid. What? What the fuck does that even so, mean? What? So this is a a bit from the graphic novel that I actually know a little bit about because they had the the baby sequence in the graphic novel. But the key difference is, is the that baby it meant something? lives in the graphic. Sorry, is that it meant something in the graphic novel? Is that <laughs> yeah, it had yeah. an impact the on the rest lives of the story? In the graphic novel, and because the baby lives, it leads to maybe the bleakest ending. the The baby, you know, grows up by itself with everyone else. Everyone dead else is dead on the beach, and he's just building sandcastles by himself, all alone. Oh my god, that is so much more powerful. Yeah. See, instead, like, they literally say time moves too quickly on this beach for a baby to survive. Like, that's what they say after it died from lack of attention. Like, what? They put the baby down on the fucking towel and it dies and then that's just it and it's like that and like the tumor scene and then like mid-sized sedan's girlfriend who washes up on the beach and then turns into a skeleton like none of this means anything none of it well that's the thing ultimately i think the problem lies with m night ultimately being a crowd pleaser you know he's in the spielberg sort of camp where like he doesn't want to ever go too dark with it. Right. You know, he ultimately, while he's swinging for the fences conceptually in his films, he doesn't want to ultimately upset his audience. It has to be accessible and I think that's for a yeah, most people. I agree. Yeah. It, it means he's scared to take risks because I don't think that anything he does in this movie is risky. I just think it's stupid. You know, it's it. It doesn't it doesn't make any sense. I, I just can't. I can't get past the fucking baby. That's <laughs> it. Like, like I said, Sonic High School fanfic shit. That is what that is. Sonic Deviant Art. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Like that's the vibe I get off Shrek, of that. Shrek got Sonic pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> like it's nonsense and and also like a little reprehensible. I don't like it. It's and- certainly disturbing. 
You know, but, like, um, it isn't, though, because, like, it's so, like, clearly done for shock value that, like, it doesn't disturb me. I just don't like it. That's the like, problem. It's conceptually... I, I don't like it on paper. It's conceptually disturbing, but... Like, I can, I can sit down and watch the scene. Like, I'm not, like, horrified or quivering or anything. I'm just like, this is fucking dumb. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. It, it doesn't mean anything. Right. It's conceptually horrifying and disturbing, and if the film utilized that to try to say something, you know, to try to be thematic, then it would be one thing. There's plenty of scenes in movies that are uncomfortable to watch but are important to the film and make the film better for it, you know? But this is just like... It's just another set piece, something for us to breeze past, you know? And, I mean, I I don't know if it's supposed to be like, oh, time is so fleeting, we don't have time to worry about one of these things over the other, but it it just it makes the movie feel so scattered it's it's like none of the characters react to this kind of stuff emotionally either you know there there's just no time for it it's just on to the next thing when alex wolf is saying like we're going to get married while she's giving birth it's kind of demented in a sort of comical way yeah I well i mean that. again he's supposed to be 6 years old so, you know, it, it makes sense that a six-year-old would think, oh, yeah, we're having a baby, so we're going to get married together and live in our big house and raise our baby or whatever, because, like, that's the way a six-year-old thinks. But it's just like, wh- <sighs> what? <laughs> I I just, I have such a hard time, like, wrapping my head around the logic of such big chunks of this movie, because there just is none. What is what is the point of mid-sized sedan? Also, best rapper name of all time, am I right? Dude, you know, like I've really come around on it. Like like in the movie, I was I was like what the fuck, but like the more I think about it, I might have to give that one. It it is it well, is a pretty funny bit. No, I mean it's it's fucking funny, but I don't think it's supposed to be funny. I don't think it's supposed to be played for laughs. What it feels like to me is, uh, and and if one of you tells me that midsize sedan is the name of the actual character in the graphic novel, I'm going to lose my shit. Uh, but uh, what what it felt like to me is like boomer. Yes. It's like it's like a boomer trying to come up with like an ironic rap name. It's like Well, oh, that's the- because M. Night Shyamalan has See, mad boomer no, energy. No, it's like I it's like I actually disagree. I think this is the perfect name for him because he later talks about how his dad's a lawyer and his mom's an accountant. And so that makes him a fail son. And a fail son rap name works for mid sized sedan. Like, that's a perfect fail son rap name. I mean, I guess, but it, it like, from a writing perspective, it just feels like the, uh, like an, like an old man being like, oh, what are the kids listening to these days? Mid, you know, some hippity hop, uh, mid-sized sedan cat, you know, like, that's what it feels like to me. I think it's funny. I'm glad, I'm glad his name is mid-sized sedan because it gave me one of the best the best chuckles in the movie because like the daughter is the first one to recognize him because they just find him on the beach she's like oh my god that's mid-sized sedan and cleveland and i just looked at each other like that's who that's what now (laughs) wild but he but ultimately he's pointless to the film too he doesn't do anything he gets murdered 
He gets murdered. Yeah, because the the doctor is schizophrenic or whatever and racist, so he thinks that mid-sized sedan is trying to steal from them, so he stabs him to death. And like we don't really see him like age at all even though he had been there the longest. And I, yeah. I, I know that they have yeah. like the black don't crack line, but but like still, like we still, don't see him like like not, gray hair anything, you it's know. It's not enough. He was there hours before they were. In the beginning Maybe a day. The beginning like, right? of the movie is like him with the girl on on the beach as the sun is coming up and she strips naked and like swims out into the water so like he has been there for at minimum like four hours probably before everybody else gets there and he doesn't visibly age at all and that's an excellent segue into another big problem i had with this film is that the aging is wildly inconsistent across multiple characters some characters visibly age some don't at all and they age at different rates like that's what's so fun like the the kids they're there for like 20 minutes and all of a sudden the kids are like teenagers you know and then the kids stay that age for the rest of the movie as their parents get quote unquote old uh they they put some gray spray paint in their hair and draw some wrinkles on them and then the parents die of old age that night but the kids are still like teenagers but then the next morning then the kids are like 50 like (laughs) there's no consistency whatsoever you know what i mean it's the the same with mid-sized sedan we never see him age they make a point in the movie of being like, okay, so we know that 30 minutes is equivalent to about a year. So then everybody should be aging at a similar rate. And if you don't have budget for that, then don't make this fucking movie. Yeah. But also you're M. Night Shyamalan, so you have budget for that. Put more work into it, you know? Get more actors to portray all of these people at different ages. Or just do, do it, it right. Do what they did for the Irishman. The technology is getting pretty good now. Well, yeah, that, that's it's the thing. Not, it doesn't all look like the end of Harry Potter anymore. Like, like now, like you can you can actually do that like pretty decently. Well, and the thing is, M Night does a good job of hiding a lot of that throughout the film by mm-hmm. shooting again over their shoulder, so you don't see their faces. It's just that it's inconsistently done, so a lot of that is inevitable. You and can't. Paste hide people throughout your whole movie right at a certain point like you gotta you gotta put in you gotta put in more effort (laughs) instead of just saying uh this person's old now (laughs) even though they look the same as they did like 20 minutes ago in the movie you notice how the food didn't age well, it's wrapped in foil or Well, whatever. no, they they explained that. It's the same reason their hair and nails don't grow. The beach only affects living cells. That's so fucking stupid. Yeah. That's so fucking stupid. Why? Because of magnets and these special rocks. He is literally insane clown posse. <laughs> Magnets. How the fuck do they work? They make you old if you go to this beach. Yeah. Like, that's your reason? Yeah. Don't get me Some, started on the coral. Like, which, by the way, coral! Oh, we'll, we'll get to uh, the coral. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the coral. The, okay, so we all predicted. We all predicted. We all had uh, different predictions for this movie. And I do, I do want to say 
that I was the closest. You were the closest. Um, you were the closest. My prediction was, I specifically remember saying it's a longitudinal, latitudinal thing. It's just they're in this one spot on Earth where this happens to happen. And that was correct. What I did say is that there wasn't, like, I think I also mentioned, there, I didn't think there was going to be, like, a, um, a malevolent force or whatever, and they were just going to try and get out of there. Well, I went, Which, I, I went back know. and edited that episode the next day, and... You you were half right. Yeah. You did say long, you did say it was something longitudinal and latitudinal. You said ley lines, but you said that it opened a, t- a t- space time rift, and mm. that there was a uh, an artifact the, like at the center of this beach that they, that would have to be destroyed. Man, that would have been so and, much better. And too. in that in that regard, you were off. Fuck, like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a space time. It, my idea was too good. It's literally the the explanation is that. And they and they find this in like a diary that somebody else had left behind on the beach who was dead now or whatever is that the precise magnetic location of this beach combined with the unique what the fuck is a magnetic location whatever uh, that might not be the word they used but uh, the the because of the 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 Earth's magnetic pull or whatever at this specific location on Earth combined with the unusual blend of minerals that were in the rocks uh, along the cliff that surrounded this beach caused living cells to age at an accelerated rate. That wh- what? <laughs> like we we said at the end of the la- at the end of the last episode, like we said, r- no matter what we predict, it's going to be stupider than what we predict. And we were right. And we were right. Like yeah. I thought, I thought I was really going out there with like this that it was a simulation created by people from the future. I thought. I it was wish like, it had been. Goddamn. There's no way it's going to be stupider than. Ben's that. is good too. What was yours, Ben? Mine was uh, the the bus to the beach crash, mm. and it was sort of a DMT, sort of life flashing before your eyes sort of trip. <sighs> that's nice too. Yeah. Uh, that's, see, guess, that's no. that would have been a good one, but I I don't think that that was that that would have ever been very likely because M Night's already done that. That's the sixth sense, basically. True. So like I I don't, but man magnets magnets and special rocks is really what it was that's really like magnets how the fuck do they work that's another reason why i link this movie so closely to the happening because the happening is similarly stupid is that the trees are killing everybody and this one it's the rocks what's the beach yeah in a lot of ways you could say this movie is the happening meets the village yeah, kind when of. You think about it, yeah. um, and we'll talk about the twist later. But quote unquote, or now? Um, oh, do we have anything else we want to cover before we just get to the the end? Yeah, I, I have a couple other <laughs> things. I wanna I wanna talk about uh, sort of simultaneously some of the ways that they try to escape from the beach, and also use that as an opportunity to talk about my favorite character, um, Jaren. <laughs> <laughs> Which, first of all, <laughs> not a name. <laughs> Second of all, one of the worst performances in the movie, but I think that he is the closest thing we have to a Marky Mark in, in this movie, uh, where, like, it's it's so over the top while simultaneously being so wooden that it's just it ends up being confusing. I don't remember that actor's name, but he's the guy who plays uh, Danny Glover's partner in the first Saw movie, the one who gets shotgun to death. Uh, Ken Lung. 
Kevin. Yes, thank you. Um, the only reason I remember his character's name, Jaren, other than the fact that it's uh, a, a stupid name that's not a name, is that he says so many times in the movie, I'm Jaren, I'm a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and well, there's another Saw connection, is that the, 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 film, the subsequent film was directed by Jaren Lynn Bowsman. So, oh, you know, yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah, Jaren sounds like Darren and Jared combined. It sounds like Karen and Jared combined. Oh, yeah, I hate it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so, uh, apologies if any of our listeners are named Jaren, please reach out to us like, uh, listen. and tell us you exist. Listen, uh, I'm. I like. We, I, we'll, we'll completely redact everything we just said. But I get it. I'm named Matisse. What kind of name is that? Like, yeah. I don't have much room to talk. But I'm still gonna say like, Jaren. <laughs> Jaren is not a name. But my one of my favorite parts of the movie is uh, when the doctor has like one of his his like sort of schizophrenic fits, where he takes the knife and he starts like stabbing it into the ground. Like right next to Jaren, he's like, he's like, who are you? You're trying to break into my house and steal from me. And Jaren's response is like, he just freaks out. He's like, I have never been to your house. I'm Jaren. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, but like, like, how weird is it? Like, who right? Like, what? Who thinks that that's how a human speaks? Well, here's what I don't get, right? Like, we have a bit at the beginning where the kids go around asking, Hi, I'm so-and-so. What is your name and occupation? And the kids go around doing it. But then the adults just do it? Like they're children? They spend they spend half the movie being but like it isn't I'm done a in like a nudge wink kind I'm of way. I'm a psychiatrist. I'm a doctor. I work at a museum. That's the mom's thing. She works at a museum, and so she she has seen a lot of ancient artifacts under glass. So she knows how to tell how old something is just by looking at it. She can look at it and be like, "Yep, that's old. I've seen that in a muse- in the museum." <laughs> like I know yeah. what old is. So so you're but you're right though. Like so. So much of this movie is the adult characters being like, I am such and such profession, which is why I know that this is happening. And like <laughs> delivered kind of similarly to that too, right? You know, like like Jaren's wife is like, I'm a psychiatrist. Sometimes people have uh, group group hallucinations. Maybe that's what's happening to us right now. I'm Jaren. I'm a nurse. <laughs> yeah, like just such like uh, flat wooden characters. There's and, so little to go off of. Like so little to care about when they're in danger. And and I think too is like in the context of the stupid movie, I think Jaren has the best idea for trying to escape the beach, but they just tell him that it's stupid and then they don't even try it. Do y'all remember well, it this? Well, it ends up being the actual way to escape. I, I'm talking about, like, when not he's... Not the swimming. Not, not the swimming, because that does end up being right, because they have to swim through the coral or whatever. Right, well, the coral yeah. is, like, one of the first things they point out when they get to the beach. They're like, They're like hey, hey, look hey, at the coral over hey, there. Hey, look at the... They, they literally say, hey, look at that nice coral and, over and there. I, and I leaned over and I said, hey, look at, like, culminating plot thing. Well, because the coral is CG, so they put it, like... Yeah, it's when, so, when you see like, it from a distance, like, it's obviously CG, placed. so it's like, okay, of course, the coral is going to be significant, but... 
the reason they can't get off the beach is because when they try to leave the way they came, they have they get like intense headaches and blackout. They figure out, uh, and Jaren does, because Jaren's a nurse, so he knows these things. Uh, but they, they figure out that it's because when they try to leave, their bodies can't adapt to like the, the change in cell growth, so it's overwhelming, so they pass out. They compare it to like... Uh, you know, trying to to come up from the deep water too quickly and getting the bends or whatever. Then how did they enter it? How did they enter it? Well, then? Cle- but Cleveland, you can swim down fast into the water. You just can't swim up fast. But you're you're rapidly aging in either direction. Jaren suggests, and this is what I I think this is like the the best idea that any of them had in the movie is like, what if we just try to leave really slowly? We just take like one step at a time and give a few minutes for our bodies to adapt each time, and we just go one step, like give our body time to acclimate. It's exactly how you come up from deep water and avoid the bends. You do so gradually, right? makes sense and they're like we don't have time for that jaren we're getting old and then they just write it off it's like that probably would have worked they write it off and then like like dick around with their own like personal dramas yeah and then he he does exactly what uh mid-sized sedan's girlfriend tries at the beginning to escape by swimming and then blacks out in the water and drowns it's like yeah you know this was you hey, knew this is gonna happen. You're already swimming. Maybe investigate the giant weird looking CG coral thing that's off in the distance, huh? <laughs> what about that, bud? Yeah, right. You think about that? Well and the oh, and, and then later his wife like loosely ties together three pool noodles with a scarf, and she's like I'm going to sw- I'm going to try to swim out now. With these I'll be able to stay afloat if I black out. It's like first of all, no you won't. The pool noodles are not going to keep your head above water. And then before she even has a chance to do it, she just has a seizure and dies. Yep. None of it means I feel anything. like a lot of the characters have crises. Like she had a crisis about her sister, the other woman has a sort of midlife crisis about her old lover Giuseppe. Oh my oh, God, Giuseppe. Giuseppe! I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank what the you. fuck I was that? I forgot about Giuseppe. What the fuck were we? Were we really, really supposed to like feel something in that moment? Was that the <laughs> yeah, design? Yeah, she's going off about how he was so ugly. Well, and she says she's saying like, it to like, she's saying it to like the main character's daughter, and she says, "When I was your age, I was in love with a man named Giuseppe." But the daughter is eleven years old, so, so she's saying when she was eleven, she was in love with a man named Giuseppe. Like, and also, like, she's an American. American's a mel- melting pot, sure. But like, how the fuck often do you do you come across someone named Giuseppe? I mean, she did have like kind like of... a cartoon man, like, she... like such a cartoon name. Again, like apologies to any of our listeners named Giuseppe. She did uh, have kind <laughs> of a Brooklyn accent, so I mean, leads me to believe she's from New York. A lot of Italians. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that she might have crossed paths with a man named Giuseppe. Like, Shyamalan has a weird thing with names, like well, the scrunt. 
you know, well, like, I, like I, I, I fucking, I, I hate it. I have some fun facts about the, about just, the it name. It takes you out of it, like, immediately. Like, he, he's so good at, like, picking names to just take you out of the narrative. Like, mid-sized sedan is funny, but it totally takes you out of oh, the narrative. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you have to look at this yeah. character's face and, like, try and take them seriously. Fun, Like, fun. you have to try and, like, like, take this story seriously, and she's talking about a man named Giuseppe. Like, like, what the fuck? Am I supposed to, like, really, like, like, listen to you right now, like, and not laugh? I'm supposed to feel, like, sorrow? right now what the fuck do you want from me m knight fun fact about the name giuseppe a shortened version of the name giuseppe similar to the the way that bill is short for william uh is uh, short for giuseppe is beppo and uh the only reason i know that is because (laughs) the italian-american casual family dining chain buca di beppo uh (laughs) i'm sorry what was that name You've never been to a Buca di Beppo? Sorry, uh, one more time. What the fuck? Bu- Buca di Beppo. Buca di Beppo. I had multiple roommates in college who worked at Buca di Beppo, so they brought Buca di Beppo home all the time and gave me their leftovers. It's okay. It's like it's it's Olive Garden basically. Yeah. Um, they're all over the place, but Buca di Beppo trans- <laughs> translates to Giuseppe's mouth. Because Buka is mouth. No, I don't like that anymore. But I don't like that at all. But it gets better. It gets better. I don't want to go to anyone's mouth. Because Buka does mean mouth, but it also like Boca in Spanish, right? Yes, but it also translates in Italian to whole. No. So Buca di Beppo could also be roughly and badly translated as Beppo's whole. Honestly, like, you know, you know, I'll be real, though. Hole without the mouth connotations is like the swimming hole or the fishing hole. That's not what I think of when I, I mean, think obviously of Beppo's not. hole. Like, like Beppo's hole. It's like, of. hey, let's hike on down to Beppo's hole. And that's that's, not, what it, that's like, not what anybody's like, thinking that's, of. Like, let's go on down, you know? Like, uh, But as soon as, like, I don't know, like, it's the mouth part that really bothers me. Don't I don't want to eat at someone's mouth. I don't want to eat. I don't want to dine in someone's mouth. I don't want any of that. It's a bad name. I don't want to do that at their hole either. Yeah, uh, this episode was not sponsored by uh, a Bukity Bipple or whatever. Like, yeah, fuck that. I don't like that name. I liked it at first. It sounds fun when you don't know the meaning, and and then, and then it's horrifying. Bukity Well, that's the thing is like I don't yeah, fa- get, like keep it's Bukity far away from me. You. It's fucking an American. Beppo it's fuck. an American chain restaurant, and I guarantee that ninety nine percent of the people who eat. At Bukadi Beppo do not know what Bukadi Beppo means. Um, yeah. <laughs> Which makes it funnier. It's like, hey, who wants to go down to Beppo's hole to get some lasagna? <laughs> I'm trying to go down to Beppo's hole to shove some spaghetti into my hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling lasagna right out of the hole. Yeah, good. yeah. out of Beppo's hole into my mouth hole. Yeah. <laughs> From Beppo's mouth hole to your mouth hole. So yeah, she has this long, like this long uh, uh, monologue about how she used to date a man named Giuseppe, and we're supposed to feel feelings, I guess. And then she tries to throw a rock at them, but but drops it on her own arm which which shatters her arm because she again she loudly declares she loudly declared she at the beginning of the deficiency. film that she has a calcium deficiency so it, uh, it turns her into uh it turns her into um uh samuel l jackson from unbreakable and glass at the end of the movie mm. she becomes him she yeah. turns into a pretzel. I I half thought like at the end she was trying to kill herself with the rock, but she couldn't do it. 
oh, dropping see, I it on her head. I don't think so because she was throwing rocks at the she was throwing rocks at the kids before that, and then picks up that one and holds it above her head like she's about to throw it at them, and it slips out of her hands and and shatters one of her arms. But then, like, why why did the rest of her limbs contort and turn into pretzels? Like, calcium deficiency doesn't do that. Like, I, I get dropping the rock on one of your arm and shattering, and it's like, oh, the uh, she heals so fast, it healed back into the wrong position, so she's Dude, horribly contorted. M. Night but has then the rest... Then the rest of her limbs just spontaneously break and twist, and it's like, what is doing that to Dude, her? M. Night have has you, a track record seen, like, of not doing his research. Where, like, a character will fall down a snowy hill and turn into like one of those giant snowballs? Yes. It's like that, except she kind of fell down and just sort of rolled into a mound of flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm into it. Like, yeah, I, I can I can buy it a little bit, but like, yeah, like M Night M Night has like never done his homework, and it's it's super apparent in this film. Like you're saying about the tumor, like the tumor, they just kind of pull it out. Yeah, it's not attached to anything. Like like they're playing Operation. Um, it's like that's not uh, how tumors work. Yeah, like you know, like like this character with her calcium deficiency, like and and DID in respect to split, right? Like he doesn't fucking do his homework well, about this shit. Like 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 with well, split, like I was saying before, like he he brought on like a consultant and then never met with them. Illness in this movie, huh? Oh yeah, like with schizophrenia and like like showing that. Like, well, that's the that's thing. Poorly like, fucking done too. Like, because he doesn't do his homework because he's so fucking caught up in his own ego. Well, that's the thing. It's like what the doctor Assumably. has doesn't seem to be schizophrenia at all. I thought it was early onset Alzheimer's because he's... that's what it is in the graphic novel. Oh okay, my God. well, see that that read. makes wow. that makes yeah. sense. Well, because he's he, you know, he keeps forgetting where he is. He gets fixated on the oh, uh, you know, what what was the movie that Marlon Brando and Jack Nicholson were in together? Like he keeps coming back to that. But then at the end, they're like they they mention that he ha- he was a paranoid schizophrenic. But he does like that's not schizophrenia. Like, he doesn't behave like a schizophrenic at all. He behaves like he has dementia, which makes much more sense in the context of the movie. Yeah, yeah we can. I think we can We can get into the the quote-unquote twist at the end, if you can even call it that, because I don't think it is. Well, if you don't mind, I'll start. Well, I think the perfect segue into that is talking about M. Night's self-insertion into the movie. Yes! Um, you know, he gives himself a minor role in this movie. Well, as he does in all of his movies, but I think this is like the biggest role he has in any of his movies. It's still a minor role, but he gets a decent amount of screen time. And like most of his movies, he's like a, it's like a throwaway. He's in like... It's a cameo. Yeah, it's like a truly a cameo, but he did make himself a character in this movie, which is weird. Yeah, normally like like, like, uh, Unbreakable, he's just like the guy taking the tickets. It's very Stanley or like any other director like that does a cameo in their films. Yeah, um, he's the park ranger in the village, like in the village, you know, like it's it's all it's all just like it's like, oh, hey, it's M. Night. And then he's gone. And in this is like he's the guy who from the resort who drives them to the, the beach at the beginning. And then they see like somebody watching them from the top of the cliffs through the whole movie. And it turns out that that's him. Anyway, you, you wanted to you want to say yes. to that. So the kids finally try the coral they finally can we talk about it. why they tried the coral was well, they found the book right well no, no, they... no on the bus ride there 
his friend Idlib, the little kid who he made friends with, he was giving them coded messages. More like ad lib, am I right? In the backpack. This movie felt and like it's an ad forgotten about for the majority of the movie until they're fucking 50 years old. Yep. Their parents died of old age the night before, even though they didn't look that old. Uh, even though this is like his best friend, he doesn't even bother thinking about it. Meanwhile, they, they, they do so many other stupid things during the film when like, like clearly he's like super invested in the decoding. Like, and they had, like, ample time on the beach to do the decoding instead. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say that they were a little preoccupied by the fact that they were getting old really fast and, you know... No, but they weren't, though. There's still so many times where, like... Also, the kids were, like, left unsupervised when, like, during an emergency, like, scenario. Yeah, that's how, the, that's, that? how they, that's how the, the two kids fucked in the first place, because they were left alone for five minutes. Gross. Like, Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, I have to say it every time. They, they, at that point, like, they'd already established that, like, something was super fucking wrong on this beach, and they were getting, they were getting old and accelerated rate, and yet they never, like, consider their kids long enough to, like, keep them in sight. There was a crisis going on. You need to keep your children near you. Well, yeah, like, that, at, like in sight. The girl like, who got pregnant tries to climb the cliffs and blacks out and falls to her death because she was unsupervised. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, the parents yeah. show up like halfway through and they're like, "Well, yeah, maybe get to the ledge." Like, like, well, yeah, because she's all she's too far up for them to stop at that point, and they're like, "Oh, well, if she makes it to the ledge, then she can stop and rest, and she'll be okay." And it's like, "Yeah, go," and then she passes out and falls and dies. But I mean, I'll, I'll give them the the benefit of the doubt and say like, okay, decoding a a childish message from a little boy that was given to them the day before is probably low on the list of their priorities. Like sure. we we see we at the beginning like one of the messages that he decodes is like, I like ice cream or something like that. Like I'll I'll give them I'll give them the benefit of the doubt that they don't think that that's going to be important. But it's after they finish building their sandcastle and they've learned after their parents have died. It's like we got to savor the moment. That's why we're going to build a sandcastle. And he mentions, oh, you know, Idlib gave me a. Uh, a, a note to decode and I never did and his sister's like well why don't you do it now and so he does and it just says my uncle doesn't like the coral <laughs> his uncle's like the, the owner of the resort or whatever and they're like hey the coral I forgot about that that CG coral that's been out there this whole time that we pointed out at the beginning yep. maybe, maybe if we swim through the coral then uh, it'll act as like a like a, um, a a metal tube shielding us from the effects of uh, the the magic rocks or whatever, and they do, and it works. So, but Yay. before it works, they get halfway through it. This is, I think, the dumbest part of the movie in my eyes. They get yeah. they get halfway through it, and uh, the sister gets caught on uh, a piece of coral. Her swimsuit gets caught on a piece of coral. No, the fucking shirt she's wearing over her swimsuit gets Whatever. caught. Like, like some of her clothing gets caught in coral. It doesn't matter. Well, she and... should have taken it off before they go swimming through the coral. That's why I'm saying. That's why I'm drawing attention to it. Sure, it's but stupid. Yeah, it's beyond stupid. Um. Uh. Anyway, so she's she's caught on the coral, and we cut to like M Knight's character, um, surround like way way up on on the 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 cliff tops, um, surrounded by like all sorts of surveillance equipment and you know other. An- an- analyzing devices and whatnot, watching with binoculars, 
and uh, she, yeah, they're caught on the coral, and uh, like it's a moment of tension, and and it cuts back to M Night, and it's so obvious, like from the audience's perspective, it's like you're like okay, these people are, like right at the edge of escaping. They're in no way are they going to die there, you know? Like that's it's not fucking happening. And, not in an M Night movie. Yeah, and uh, I mean not in any movie, not in a good movie. It's a non-starter. And M Night's character turns around and he like contacts like the the whoever. And and he says, all right, well, they went through the coral, and I watched for a minute and 30 seconds. A minute <laughs> yeah. and 30 seconds. He's like, I, yeah, like, yeah. I, I watched for a minute and 30 seconds. They didn't make it out of there. And, and then he, like, packs up his gear and fucking leaves. Dude, you could have finished your sandwich. Like, like you could have, like, just watched for, like, four more minutes. Here's the thing, right? He has all the surveillance gear, like, fucking telescopes and shit up there, right? Like, watching these people. He can see. He can see that the coral has holes in it you can breathe through. Like, you can... He, he is looking down at it. Like, like when the kids, like, fucking poke their heads up and breathe again. Because that's the thing, is it cuts back to them. He gets her, he gets her shirt off the, the coral or whatever. And before they even swim through the rest of it, they just poke their heads up. Get a, get a, get a gulp. Yeah. And they keep going. He knows there are holes in it. It's his, it is literally his only job, right? To, like, watch these people, survey them, and make sure they don't escape, right? Like, and he's, like, watching these people at the one place where they can actually escape. And, like, forgets about, like, the breathing holes that you can fucking see. Because he's too lazy to also, watch like, for not more even, than a minute and 30 not seconds. Not even just the breathing holes. Like, no, it's like, oh, nobody's ever held their breath for a minute and 30 seconds before. Like, at least, seriously, at least wait five minutes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, they've I, been, I, if they've been underwater for five minutes and you don't see them come up again, okay, cool. You yeah. can you can make maybe make an assumption that they're dead and move on. It was like, yeah, I watched for a minute and a half they're definitely dead it's, it's like oh yeah they definitely couldn't hold their breath for 90 whole seconds it's and it's like he he definitely like look like i think what happened is it was m night trying really hard to sound smart and being a total idiot about it right like he looked up like diving records or some shit or like how long the average person can hold their breath underwater or whatever and like and went with that instead of the obvious answer, which is five minutes, because like that's how long you wait. Well, that's the thing. you know, they, like they like needed, like to look at something. They needed to get him out of there because if he'd been good at his job and stood there and watched, he would have seen them come up for air on the other oh side. Oh my god, and get you're through right. It. It's almost like it doesn't then, work at all from any angle. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> it's fucking Whoa, stupid. Yeah, they, you're right. It's he has almost to, like this is a non-starter to begin with. He has to. He has to think that there. They're dead, so they can show up at the resort at the end and just give the diary they found to a to a random cop and be like, arrest these people. Like that's the fucking stupid. Like, I yeah, it's like the end of Corella. It is that they were asking everyone their name and occupation at the beginning, yep, just so they could know who's who a the cop. cop is. Yeah, and also like. What is the cop going to do? He's there on vacation, obviously from somewhere outside of whatever country this is in. He doesn't have jurisdiction here. What is he going to do? But that's all it takes is them being like, being like, 
I went to the beach with my family. I was six, and now I'm old. Here's a diary that I found with the names and addresses of all of these people who have gone missing. And he gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, we got to get out here and arrest all of these motherfuckers. You know, it's like, what the, what the fuck? Who is this cop? Super cop? He has jurisdiction everywhere? Here's the problem. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I think this is the right time to bring it up. This movie is a 30-minute Twilight Zone episode. Yes. It's a 30-minute Twilight Zone episode from someone who does not know how to actually decompress that time. It's a 30-minute Twilight episode from the, Jor- the, the, the recent Jordan Peele-produced Twilight Zone reboot. I haven't seen it. I hear it's not good. But, I've seen one uh, episode and it bad. sucked. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a shame. Because I was actually going to mention, too— I was actually mentioning a positive light Jordan Peele's films, um, which also are he's like produced some bad shit. But the stuff that yeah, he, but his, that, that he's he directed, makes yeah, is um, good. Yeah, so distinction. So with us and Get Out, like those are also like essentially like decompressed Twilight Zone episodes. But he understands like the human element. He understands like how to tell a narrative that is more about like the the finale. Um, and because the 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 thematic elements of those movies actually also have a meaning. Yeah. he's trying to say something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like and they're, 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 to they're say, deeper allegories. The right. Well, like here's the thing: is like there is a deeper allegory in that. Like Ben was saying at the beginning of of the episode, like there is something to that, especially if you just focus on the allegory. Like if you allow the film to be more about the metaphor and and just take it, just just get a little more artistic with it. Right. Like you have a good story, but instead it, it's so popcorn. It's so like fucking based. You yeah. Know? Instead, like, instead, all it is, is damn, if you don't appreciate the moment before you know it, you're going to be old. Sometimes it do be like that. Like do. that's that is that is as deep as this movie gets. And it's like it, it feels it feels apropos for this point in M Knight's career because like he's obviously getting like he's getting old himself and also like he's not really relevant anymore like people still go to see these movies but like M Knight has not been like the hot thing out in Hollywood no. since like 2003 <laughs> you know so like this whole thing just feels like damn getting old you Damn. know, children get older. I'm getting older, too. You know, like, well, if you if you really want to get pretentious about it, having M. Night place himself as an observer. Yes, I was going to say that, too. This whole film is very self-reflexive yep. in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, when you know, we don't see that it's him up on the cliffs watching until like we see that somebody is up there watching. But we don't see it's him until the end when they're swimming through the coral and the reveal shot is like him looking through a camera lens at them. It's like, oh, get it? Because he's the director. He's also making the movie looking through a camera lens. Isn't it meta oh and God. self-reflexive? But I'm but I'm getting old. I don't know what I'm fucking doing anymore. <laughs> Where am I? Yeah, I like, think... that's, that's what it really feels like. Yeah, maybe I'm not, like, spent some time on this old beach and is like... This this movie, know, trying, this movie trying to cope. This movie does feel... Mm-hmm. 
sort of like the the ramblings of like an old man, you know? Yeah. Dude, like, you were telling me about a really funny meme you saw. Oh yeah, I saw on Twitter today that somebody <laughs> somebody tweeted, I wish I could remember who it was, they said, um, M. Knight came up with the idea for this movie when he went to the beach one time and was swimming and his fingers got all pruney and he was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah like yeah there, there have been some good ones uh yeah i've seen some fast and furious crossovers i've seen a lot of good a lot of really good old memes um, yeah man this is like it is about family the, if you think it, about it it is i hey man the whole thing's about family it's yeah. all about family and and family getting old <laughs> and i'm getting old i man, i i do i i did feel like i kind of aged watching this i movie. aged two decades <laughs> in that movie theater i swear to god I, I i was aging faster watching that film than the people on the beach i spent so much of this movie going like what's going on that i felt like it, like <laughs> this a, movie gave me dementia I, I felt like an old man with dementia where am i <laughs> what's happening who are these people yeah. i won't fall for it though it's that m night didn't know not me I'm I swear to God, yeah. Like, well, I mean, yeah. In that sense, it's effective though, because he projected his dementia onto me. I felt it. You said something really good after when we were in the car on the way back, and I, I, I really, I really liked it. And that was, I think, the to quote you, I think the most unrealistic thing about this movie is that the pharmaceutical company actually wanted to help people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. That's that's the quote unquote twist is that the the pharmaceutical company that runs this uh, the this resort uses it as uses the beach as a way to do uh, like long term drug trials in a short period of time. So they find people who are sick and invite them to the resort. That's what we find out about everybody. Almost everybody, all of these families has somebody who's sick. Jaren's wife is an epileptic. The the mom has the tumor. The doctor is uh, is a, schizophrenic apparently. Uh, you know the the hot the hot model has a calcium deficiency you know so they they dose them with experimental drugs and see how they how they work on the beach and they're like oh this one was a success she uh the the psychiatrist didn't have a a seizure for Eight hours, which is the equivalent of 16 years. We cured her epilepsy, even though she died of an epileptic seizure in the movie. They didn't cure her epilepsy. No, but like, okay, so what I will say, like, that actually makes sense, right? Like, they're they're trying to do prescriptions for people who age at, like, a normal rate of time. Of course. Right? So, like, the idea of giving a person, like, one prescription that lasts them, like, 40 years or whatever, like, like to cure their epilepsy is pretty rad. Yeah, you sure. give it to them again. Sure, but I mean... I mean, I guess my disagreement with this is semantic, but if that's the case, like, this I agree whole movie with you, is semantic. but then say, we found a way to treat epilepsy long term. Don't say we cured her epilepsy, because you did not. You did not cure it. Okay, that, that's very valid. Yeah. You know, that's that's my problem with it. But they're, but they're like, they're like, yeah, we're going to have a moment of silence for all of these people who died on the beach, which is everybody they've ever <laughs> sent out there, b- by the way. Um, uh, and they mentioned that this is like the 
test group like 70 something so they've killed hundreds of people at this point but they're like the drugs we're making by killing these people are gonna save millions of lives it's like what the fuck kind of pharmaceutical company is this like they want to help people what what it's like the that 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 is the least realistic thing oh yeah because like like have you like 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 held a fucking lens to like the pharmaceutical companies in the u.s that is not the goal it's not about curing anything it's about it's about about treating the symptoms so you can keep people sick so they're dependent on your expensive ass drugs like the idea that they're really oh yeah we're helping people we're curing we cured this woman's epilepsy it's like fuck off yeah, well, it's so jarring, too, from kind of a nuanced metaphor on aging and kind of the nature of getting old to suddenly taking a left turn and becoming a movie about medical ethics. Yeah. It just doesn't work. It's well, it doesn't have, it doesn't have anything yeah. to say about medical ethics either. No, like, yeah. It has nothing to say about it. It's just tacked on, which is why I don't even, I, I hesitate to even call it a twist because also, as you mentioned, Cleveland, like it's telegraphed at the very beginning of the movie when they find a brochure in their hotel room and the dad is like, oh yeah, this pharmaceutical company. I've been thinking about telling the people that I work with to use their medicine to improve their insurance rates or whatever it's like a super wooden out like very out of place line that doesn't fit in with the context of the conversation they're having yeah, so, it sticks so it's like, like a sore thumb so it's like oh okay you want us to know that there's a pharmaceutical company involved with this uh this resort yeah Okay, cool. Like any so, other director, so they're like, so they're obviously responsible for whatever's happening on the beach. Like that's right. it's not even a fucking twist. No, any other direct like in any other director's hands, that would that would have been a red herring. Yeah, that would have been the moment. Like 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 it, we would have we would have been led to believe believe that. But actually, like it's the opposite. And but nope, 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 nope. It just is. It's an umbrella core. Okay, just, cool. Like, literally, it's Umbrella Corps, because, like, Umbrella Corps, like, is a pharmaceutical agency in Resident Evil. Like, that's the whole that's the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, but they're also trying to make a zombie virus over and over again. Yeah. Which this company isn't, dude. This company's trying to help people, Cleveland. Yeah. They're trying to cure epilepsy and other things. Um, unrelated to anything, and also not even a real complaint, but I couldn't get over the fact that, like, the, the parents of, like, the main, like, the main family in this movie, the parents are just, like, and they're both ambiguously European for no, for no real reason, and, like, it's not really a problem, I just thought it was funny because they're like, oh, yeah, we're from Philadelphia, (laughs) it's like both, it's like the kids have American accents, and like, oh, yeah, we are the, we are the Miller family, we are from Philadelphia, and it's just like it's like why are these why are these protagonists just ambiguously okay, European? Like like odd for the protagonists, like because we don't get like the the we don't really get their full backstory in that respect. But like for characters in general, I kind of like that honestly because it's like yeah, either your parents were immigrants or like you were immigrants or whatever. But like right now, like you're from Philadelphia and like that's okay. I like, mean, yeah, no, I'm, like, I'm kind of into that. Like like, but I, uh, I, I get it. That, I I have dual. I myself have dual citizenship and very when people fair. Ask me where <laughs> I was not born in America, but when people ask me where I'm from, I'm from Alabama because that's where I grew up. Like I get it. It's it's not like I said. Damn though, you you know you know like like big move on your part. Like you 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 have an option to not say you're from Alabama and you. Still 
still do. I I respect that, honestly. Well, I didn't used to. Like, when I was a teenager, I thought it was way cooler to be like, uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm from Holland. I mean, but shit, I'm like, an adult, and I think, like, that's better than Bama. Like, yeah, goddamn. but then it's like, I lived there for three fucking years before my family moved to the States. I don't speak Dutch. Like, the... the <laughs> yeah, you're kind of in a bind. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> saying I'm from Holland feels like, I, like I'm a, being a poser. Like, yes, it's technically true, but I haven't lived in the country for the vast majority of my life. I don't speak the language. Like, I'm not really, you know? So it it is it is what it is. And that's why this it's a fake complaint about the movie. Because like, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter where these people are from. Yeah, they live in Philadelphia. They're from Philadelphia. I just found it kind of distracting that like the, the both of the not just one, but like both of the parents are just ambiguously European. I hey, just, tease. <laughs> hey tease. Yeah. When you get sauced, are you Hollandazed? <sighs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> do y'all want to rate this movie? I do. It's time. Yeah. Uh, ben, why don't you go first? Okay, so lately I've been watching The Twilight Zone. Quite a bit of it. The good one? Um, not, not the original Twilight Zone and not the Jordan Peele Twilight Zone. But the Twilight Zone from the 90s, uh, hosted by Forrest Whitaker, uh, (laughs) where the theme song is done by Jonathan Davis of Korn. Awesome. Um, So I've gotten familiar with kind of the all the concepts of Twilight Zone. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said this is a Twilight Zone movie in a lot of ways. But what I will say is this has the artifice and the style to kind of elevate itself beyond a shitty 90s Twilight Zone episode. So I'll give it that. I mean, the a shitty 90s one, bad. but like the, like the, the OG Twilight Zone is good. Like... They take some narrative jumps, and again, M. Night can't help himself uh, to not put in a Spielbergian ending, and that tendency is still there for the worst. But, you know, I didn't hate this movie. Honestly, if this movie would have ended on the beach with the two kids in their 50s building sandcastles, I probably would have given this like a solid three and a half. Oh, wow. But with that ending, I got to take off at least a star. So that's going to be a two and a half out of five for me. Cleveland? Yeah, uh, largely agree. Yeah, when, when I say Twilight Zone, I definitely mean like like it's conceptually like you're you're about in line with like any of the other like twilight zone episodes but the reason why like those classic twilight zone episodes work is they're 30 minutes long right like you're hit with the concept and you're you're usually left reveling in the twist as the credits roll so like there isn't really time to take it all in but when you have to sit in it for two hours the whole the whole thing changes yeah there there were a couple of good moments in this film like i said like the the cinematography here and there um, but the dialogue was so fucking ham-fisted, and I, like, just bad. Was that entertaining, though? I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry watching this movie. I, I did have a bit of a fun time laughing at it, because it sucks. If it had made me angrier, I probably would have just gone with a 2. But no, I think, I think I'm going to mirror your score, Ben. I think I'm going to do a 2.5. It sucks. It's not a good movie. <laughs> No, and and I I'm honestly kind of surprised to find myself on the lowest end of this spectrum. Hell yeah, do it, brother! Um, Salt the earth. <laughs> I mean, I, I 
I don't know if I, it really requires salting the earth. Like it's 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 par, okay. It's par for the course for M Night. A, a logical progression of his sort of like nonsensical way of storytelling, but just getting lazier as he gets older. You know, like I I definitely had a a, a small handful of like really good laughs out of this thing, but. Honestly, in terms of entertainment value, for me, the movie's biggest sin is that I think it's boring. Like, I wasn't mad at it, but I I didn't find myself, like, engaged with it pretty much at all. Like, there were, there were a couple of, of like, well-done sequences, but, like... I don't know. I just I just found it not entertaining. As dumb and messy as I expected, or maybe even a little bit dumber, but not as fun as I was expecting. I was I was looking for the happening, and I got the happening in terms of how stupid and confusing it was, but not in how fun it was. So I'm gonna give it a one and a half out of five. Hell yeah. Uh, I, I didn't I did not like this movie. Do it. Um but between the three of us, that will give old uh, an average of 2.2 out of 5 pods. I, I I can't get past the title. It's just oh, old. Um, <laughs> well, next week we are continuing what is going to turn out to be a very long string of new films. Hell yeah. Um, Cinema is back, boy. movies are back, baby. We're eating again. We're, I, I think like all the way up through like September into maybe all the way up almost all the way through October with a couple of uh, breaks in between. It's pretty much like all new movies. Um, Yeah. I think we have 13 new movies left in the year. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of them coming. And uh, And my next pick was going to be a new movie too. That's the thing. Like there there are still some that that are not on that list that I want to cover. And my last last pick was also a new movie. Yeah. So uh, we, we eaten. Yeah. Uh, uh, to our to our Patreon listeners, um, uh, uh, yeah, if you want to pick either caveat or uh, I, I don't think I'm allowed to do this, but Cleveland, anyway. you you will have uh, another caveat. pick before the end of yeah, the year. You can pick caveat. Cla- I like the classics. Tease. I like the classics. Well, um, caveat or uh, what's the 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 Red Skull murder one? I forget what it's called. But uh, if you can't remember the if, name, yeah, if you can't remember really the name, cool. not yeah. worth Crimson Death Monster. Uh, uh, it's got a cool name. I, I forget what it is, but it looks fun. Pick them yourself. Skull the mask. That's that's it. Pick them. Yeah. Pick them yourself. They're oh, no, your I haven't picks. seen it. Um, it looks fun though. Anyway, next week is uh, the the new David Lowry film, The Green Knight, uh, which is it doesn't look like it's turning out to be like real horror, but it's it's dark. I don't care. It's dark fantasy, so it's close enough. Um, it looks great. I'm really excited. I'm uh, over the moon. I, I'm I'm stoked. So join us next week for the Green Knight, Cleveland. Sponsor. We got to do sponsor a sponsor. Time. That's right. That's right. What do you What do you got for me? Oh, sponsor shelf. Uh, this episode. What the fuck? Uh, this episode uh, was was brought to you by running your galleon aground off the coast of Tangier. Have you ever run your galleon uh, aground a, a, across? A ground off. Oh yeah, have you ever run your galleon aground off the coast of Tangier? Well, if you have, 
Fear no more. Did you run your galleon aground on the beach that makes you old? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, fortunately, not. Uh, otherwise, I, I would I would have never returned. Um, though there is coral there, so you would coral. Uh, you would die, um, or your ship would have run aground there. Uh, it would just sink, uh, frankly. Uh, but anyway, yeah. If, if you have, uh, you should you should purchase. Uh, uh, Lowry and Laurel's uh, Coral Lube uh, to, to get your ship nice and slip. I see, I see you added a sponsor to the sponsor. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I got a little improv in there. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, not not that I improv. Uh, these are all read. Uh, these are all uh, readings. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get get uh, Lowry and Lorbel's uh, horrible, horrible uh, fucking lube or whatever I said, and uh, and consider and running slip your, up your ship ground, and it will slip up your ship so it, it doesn't run aground. It's too slippery. No, but the sponsor is running your galley in the ground. We have to encourage people to do it. That's the point of a sponsor. Well, you should you should try and do it. We we dare you to do it after using this other hey, product. Hey, listen. See, the, beach, the two for one, Tease. I'm trying beach, to get that money. The beach that makes you old is out there somewhere. Go try to find it. Yeah, and then run run your ship aground, I run guess. Run your ship aground and get stranded, and then don't worry about it. You'll be dead pretty soon because the beach makes you old. Unless you have lube. Well, get right out of there. You just slip on out. That'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. If you want to support the show, the best way to do so is to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and a nice review. We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. We have three different uh, levels that our uh, subscribers can subscribe to uh if you want to uh support the show with a with a monthly monetary contribution shout out to our honorary pod boys sam simon and sarah morris uh and if you want to join their ranks you can do so at patreon.com slash pod people pod uh you can follow us on twitter at pod people pod and check out our letterbox at letterbox.com slash pod people pod you know where it's at and uh, over there, you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about with our average ratings and links to those episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake. I'm on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc Studios as we put out progress on its stairs back. Let, let all the, the lovely tingles come across your spine or however the fuck ASMR works as I talk very closely to the mic. You can also find my work on ArtStation if you search Cleveland Mosier. And uh, you should definitely check out It Stares Back. It's super cool. And also Realms Deep uh, coming up uh, at the beginning of August is the 13th through the 15th. You should you should definitely check that out. It's going to be really cool. Uh, we have a trailer for It Stares Back that's going to be really neat. And and also, also you, you, can, you can see my work for Dread XP on, on Spookware. I can see how uncomfortable this is making you tease, and it's really funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't like ASMR, and this is this <laughs> I, is driving I, me crazy. Neither do I. It's, it's really funny. Anyway, um, okay, uh, I know uh, I'll, I'll stop tormenting our, our listeners, but uh, anywho, um, yeah, you can also find my work on ArtStation, and uh, keep an eye out for Spookware as well, um, which is like WarioWare, but with spooky Undertale esque skeletons. You really can't go wrong with that game. Uh, it it's amazing. I uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. And uh, yeah, that's going to be coming out at the end 
uh, soon, soon. I, I don't know if I'm at the end of soon. At the end of soon. Um, uh, so stay tuned for that, folks. And uh, that's it for me. All right. Well, thanks for listening. It's time for me to go pop out my dentures and change my shitty diaper. Where am I? And I saw my reflection in snow-covered hills Till the landslide brought me down Oh, mirror in the sky, what is love? Can the child within my heart rise above? Can I sail through the changing ocean tides? Can I handle the seasons of my life? Yeah.